0: To Biz Design Queens podcast. I am your host, Catherine Goose, along with Christy Wong, owners of Homely Creatures and co founders of Biz Design Queens. We chat about how job sharing led us to success and tips and tricks on how you can use job sharing personally and as a business owner. Plus, occasionally, we'll drop some humorous parenting chit chat. We take a collaborative approach to helping you design your business and your life to empower you to be and do what you want. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. We're excited to be chatting with Sachin you are You are an experienced resources mining and manufacturing industry manager with a background in global technology, program development and strong leadership experience. Previously, we reported to Sachin as a job share role and we're wanting to chat to you, about your initial thoughts, Sachin, views and tips you have for other leaders within organisations. So welcome, Sachin. We're extremely, super duper excited to have you on today's podcast and let's just jump in and get started. Whilst we do know you very well, we'd love our listeners to get to know you a little more about about you and we'll get into the meaty stuff
1: shortly.
2: Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's awesome to be here.
1: We are. We've been hanging out for this one for a while. So Absolutely. we'll crack on. We've got a number of questions here for you, Sachin. Now we know you love to talk, but we're going to keep you to a time <laughs> limit. So the first one is that you currently live in Singapore, but we do sense there is an accent. Where are you originally from?
2: Um, I'm actually originally from South Africa, the land of sunshine, Biltong and Bray. um, Interesting you say I have an accent, because it's not an Afrikaans accent.
1: <laughs> no, definitely not. No,
0: when we first met you, we were like, hmm,
1: where's he from? Yeah, and then when we heard, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that as an yeah. answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, most people don't expect I'm from, from South Africa. Uh, some people think I'm from Australia, some people from India, some people from Singapore. So it's kind of surprising when you tell them you're from South Africa. They're like, um, oh, okay, but you don't look South African. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And you don't sound South African.
1: <laughs> Classic. Oh, that's cool. Um, the next one, this is the exciting one. So get your super-duper excitingness on. Tell us three super interesting things about yourself. We know you love cars. <laughs> and whiskey.
2: Well, that not have to be super interesting. Um let me see. I, I, I think the most interesting thing would be my family, right? Um, I've, my daughter's 17, my son's 14, and my wife looks like she's 20, so I'm generally the odd one out <laughs> in that crowd. <laughs> um, but my, my son is disabled, um, so he's 14, but mentally equivalent of a five-year-old. So the brilliant thing about that is I get tons of love, hugs and kisses on a daily basis from my little toddler. And
0: my um, a an teenage daughter.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I have a teenage daughter. (laughs) She loves me. I don't know if it's two bits, but she does love me. Um, Yeah, you know, you guys know I have a mad passion for cars, um, especially rebuilding and uh, rest old cars. So I have a fairly large collection of them back home in South Africa, mostly old Fords. uh, And I'm looking forward to going back and and tinkering with them soon. Um, I'd like to think I'm pretty handy in the kitchen. I could cook just about any dish. Um, I'm also capable of writing oodles of Elizabethan era poetry. Weirdly really. enough, I, I, I understand didn't... Shakespeare pretty well.
0: <laughs> something we did
1: not know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. We did not know that one. love it.
2: I thought i'd I thought i'd, I'd, I'd add something that you didn't know. Um, I also like uh, uh, tattoos a lot. Uh, my wife not so much. um so I'm just waiting till I'm old enough so I can get some more. Um, Oh, you
0: do have tattoos. Oh, okay.
2: I only have one and it almost led to a divorce.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the second one might be a divorce?
2: No, no, no. When I'm old enough, it'll be fine.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Old enough. And then you'll be wrinkly enough.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it might be better then. So they they still look good.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Uh, we spoke about earlier your background being being in the mining industry and technology, but um, do you want to sort of dive into the background and what, you know, what fields and roles you particularly um, enjoy?
2: Sure. Um, let me see if I can summarize this. I mean, I've been 17 years in BHP and a couple of companies before that, but I think primarily my I started off as an artisan, as a tradie, as you guys would know it. Uh, as a right in South Africa. And, and a right's literally a combination of um, electrician, fitter, um, rigger, all sorts of things in one, and, and kind of a shift worker. So you kind of make sure things keep running from a breakdown perspective on a daily basis. So that's where I started off. Um, I made a commitment to myself very early on that I didn't want to become an old man swinging tools. Um, so I decided that at least every two years I wanted to change role. Um, at the latest, every five years. And what that did was it pushed me to study further. So I became an um, electromechanical engineer. And um, I got a role as a process engineer in the aluminum smelters. Um, that gave me a ton of experience in terms of writing SOPs, training people, um, and how things work, you know, doing a lot of capital projects. Um, and then I did a lot of stuff in the process and logistics department, got experience to the value change of the organization. Um, then a new opportunity came up in SAP. So they were, they were implementing SAP. It was the largest implementation worldwide ever. Um, and I got involved in it. And that led to me moving to Singapore as a business readiness manager. The largest okay, role that, I've had is was... That, is
0: that the first time you started managing people?
2: Well, no. Actually, I, I moved into a superintendent role in the SAP space uh, for production, integration and marketing. Um, And and I managed people across the aluminum industry at that point in time. So there were quite a few operations, uh, different groups of people. So literally, I think the ITIL perspective and implementation of SAP changes, um, that's where my management experience started. So when I came to Singapore as a business readiness manager, it was an interesting role because it was an individual contributor manager role. So I had like a, a dotted line to thousands of different people across different assets. Didn't really report into me. Uh, that presented yeah. some interesting challenges, and I think I learned a ton in that role in terms of managing people and motivating people. I was going
0: to say that—that um, was, that was my next question. How many people have you managed all in one go? But um,
2: yeah, yeah. I think that the biggest direct um, team I had was about fifty people in my role uh, running the marketing um, technology function wow. uh, at one point in time. So it was a global marketing technology function. Um, It was everything IT and OT related, so everything from um, service desk all the way through operations, projects, with a nice big fat budget and uh, a lot of vendors, uh, a lot of contracts. It was, in my opinion, the most exciting, most challenging role. Uh, What happened was they consolidated 15 leadership roles into one role and they said, hey man, you seem to like uh, challenges, take this one on (laughs) and uh, and it was pretty awesome. Uh, I got to learn a lot about managing people because it was a matrix uh, organization. I did my own organizational design. Tried out a lot of new things, um, and yeah, it was it was amazing. So yeah, I think I think that for me was a an eye opener in terms of leading people.
1: Um, how long ago did you move to Singapore?
2: Six years. So it was January twenty fourteen, hmm. and it's all gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah, just yes.
1: like that. Twenty twenty. Six years ago. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. It's good. I think uh, you have a good um range of skills too so you're not just in that manager level for say bhp you actually started on the tools so you mm-hmm. can relate to those people mm. um you know in the field a lot better and i think that is an added bonus when you're in a manager level i've always thought that. absolutely i have to agree i have
2: to yeah. agree um
1: so obviously with job share what how how would you describe job share like a job share role. So your first probably real positive experience with job share was with Catherine and I. So, but but how would you describe a job share role?
2: This is interesting because it's difficult for me to describe it without knowing what I know already. So, so the way I see it, I I believe that a job share role is an opportunity for people to really start living again. You know, the old adage of uh, work-life balance, it's never a true thing. I've seen this in the corporate environment, I've seen the operation, I've seen it everywhere. I think job share is the foundation that enables real flexible and remote working. And and it's become co- co- contemporary now in, in, in the, the situation we are in in the world. Um, but people don't realize that job share is that basic thing that enables people to live their full lives while enjoying the, the, the benefits you get out of work, you know socially, mentally, uh, the stuff that keeps you going. I I honestly believe that it's an enabler for a full life. That's the way I see it now.
0: And that's absolutely true. You know, job share is a form of flexible work arrangements now, even though people don't consider it as a flexible work arrangement. But um, yeah, we're we're the proof in the pudding in that situation.
2: That's for sure.
1: And I was going to say, I think it's probably one of the true forms of flexible work as well because everyone talks about technology Absolutely. and um you know everything you can do on your phone which therefore enables you to work flexibly and have a work-life balance but that's not actually the case because it's you not. have your work with you 24 7 and you'll find people work more because technology enables us to be able to work more so yeah that's, yeah, that's a fantastic way for you i guess for job share to be described love it
0: uh, for our listeners, uh, we worked with you, Sachin, for how many years? Three? Three or four years? Can't even remember. Yeah, three, I think... I think three years in a job share role. Prior to that, though, had you worked or experienced anyone else in the industry in a job share role?
2: Well, no, not not exactly job share. So I, like I said earlier, you know, I, I tried some weird and wonderful things with organisational design for my own mm-hmm. team. So it wasn't exactly job share as I know it now, but I had people sharing a role and sharing accountabilities and that didn't go too well for me. Mm.
0: I was going to say, well, what's your <laughs> thoughts? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I know, I know when we first met, I think there was a lot of um, skepticism there <laughs> and I, I, yeah. Um why was that is it because of the accountabilities being separated or and it didn't really work they were actually two individuals or like how did yeah yeah
2: listen i i think there's there's a couple of reasons i was skeptical coming in Uh, the first thing was my prior experience i mean for me i found that dual accountability generally turned out to be no accountability also, it was, it was more about, um, so I went to HR and I said, hey, listen, I'm getting a job share team coming into, into my space. Um, what do you guys have? And there was nothing. There had no policies, there had no procedures. There was no leader's toolkit. There were no guidelines. Um, I had no idea what rosters you guys were working. I, I didn't know how I'd manage the leave, the remuneration, the performance. Um, and then at the same time, I made some assumptions because generally as managers, what we do is uh, we're going into a situation that's an unknown. How do I keep my control over it? You know, how to keep my feelings? So I had already come up with uh, with the micromanaging plan to ensure that, you know, productivity was high enough. Um, and it, based on my previous experience and my shift work, I was like, okay, I know what will work. We'll fit this thing. We'll get that done. Um, so I came in thinking, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then I said, okay, the first week I'm just going to sit back and see Let's understand how this works and how you guys work together. Find the issues, and then we can address them.
1: It's funny you say issues. So you were auto, you automatically just assumed mm. there was straight away going to be issues. That's a that uh, that's a really interesting uh. Interesting
2: no, that, point. that's true, and and it's because of of my my experience. Past
1: experience, so yeah. What
2: what I did was I I took. Two people that were skilled on different ends and that were compatible with each other. And I said, right, you guys are going to do this role. Um, But they were full time, you know, like they were there every day. And I think that also played a part in it. Um, And I said, right, you guys need to get this done. And things just never got done. So, yeah, I came in very skeptical and very wary of what I would need to do.
1: It's also interesting that you said you had a micromanagement plan for us, which is, I guess, now you knowing Catherine and I and the way we are, that was never <laughs> not work. That was never gonna work. That was never gonna work.
2: You know, it's interesting because um, I, I believe my leadership style is to lead via autonomy. So I literally give people outcomes and let them figure their way out. Um, but I always come in with some sort of idea of what I'm gonna do. And because of my fear, I had this plan in terms of short interval control, uh, meetings, understanding the list of to-do things, uh, how we're going to plan handovers, what we're going to do with your time management, how we're going to segregate accountabilities. I had everything in my head. And I never said this before because there was no need to. I kind of forgot about it. Yeah, And thinking about it now, when when we said, okay, you know, let's talk about it, I was like, you know what? Actually, I was nasty when I thought about this whole thing.
1: (laughs) But can I just say that the way you probably thought about it was based on the fact that you went to HR and HR had no Mm -hmm. documentation to support you in your management of a job share. So had HR probably have said to you, right, here's your leader's toolkit on how to manage a job share role. I'm suspecting that your assumption or... Yeah, of how you would manage us manage us would have probably been a bit different because you would have had that guidance. But then yeah, I agree. Turn, I think it
2: put, it put yeah. me in a bit of a corner, and I, and I, and I wanted to make sure I had control of the situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that was uh, very some very interesting points. We learned a few new things, didn't we, Catherine? That we, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I've, I guess after working with us, at what point did you realise, hey, this job share business is pretty damn good?
2: Well, you know what? To be completely honest, it was within the first week. Um, you guys blew me away in that first week. Is initially all I was interested in was learning about you guys and and you know your your, your family life, your social life, where you come from, what you do, and um, the click that you two have is is, is something that's pretty rare. Um, and then you kind of you guys brought me into hey, this is how we do things. That's how we work. This is our schedule. This is our and it was like, wow, you know what, everything's already sorted. So within the first week already, I was, I was at ease. Um, I didn't have to think about anything after that. And then it was just about, okay, how are we going to make sure that we keep you challenged? Because clearly you two are, are, are running faster than everyone else.
0: <laughs> I guess we, we, we had oh, a year, a year and a half of working together. But when we were initially put into a job share role, again, we had no guidance, no assistance, nothing given to us from HR. And I think it took us a few weeks to sort of go, we need, we, need, we need process. We need some structure around how we operate because we were both sort of struggling, even though we were getting somewhere, but we were struggling mentally with that. So, yeah, coming into then working under you, we already had we had that shift changeover. We knew on a Friday we did the notes to you and gave you an update. We met together. We just, yeah, made most of our shorter week. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess- you guys were
2: well, on another level. It, it, was, it was so refreshing to get into an environment, work with people that just knew what needed to be done in a corporate environment and what needed to be done to ensure that your accountabilities were met and that it was communicated. Um, I, I find generally and weirdly enough, you know, in a corporate environment, it's like it's like you're going back to school when you're working with people, because people don't understand their accountabilities and what they're supposed to do, yeah. and you kind of have to guide them, motivate them along the path. So, I think the fact that you guys had figured everything out before I got there was brilliant, because I would have messed it up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think too, this day and age as well, like you said, everyone in the corporate environment needs to, I guess, have that accountability and know what they need to do. I Something, our takeaway from corporate environment, the idea of a deadline is out the window. So whilst at school you have a deadline and there's consequences, um, in the corporate environment you have a deadline. Catherine and I were like, we have a deadline. Other people were like, yeah, I got a deadline. Whereas we felt
0: that we were accountable for each other. So if I didn't meet the deadline, I was letting my counterpart down. So, and I think that's, you know, one, that's an advantage to an organization, but um, yeah, just keeping and that.
2: I completely agree. You know, you've nailed it on the head. That is exactly the beauty of the, the, um, the shared role is that you're accountable to us to each other before it was to anyone else, anything else. And that's, what your motivator was. And yeah. ideally in any environment, when you, when you have uh, uh, direct reports, you have to identify their motivators and the motivators have to be real motivators. And if you can't identify them and trigger them, you're just not gonna get people to do their work. You guys have the accountability to each other and that internal motivator is something that, that there's nothing that can come close to it.
0: And that's another thought too, is that I think it's really important doesn't matter what industry what role you are having that mentoring that mentorship business coach whatever it is they keep you accountable and I think it doesn't matter if you're a high roller and you know everything having someone to mentor you just just gives you that extra push to to really um you know thrive
1: that that extra accountability Mm. I I, I guess too with Catherine and I we were both always of the opinion that it was never I it was always we Mm. So, and therefore that's where that accountability comes in as well. You're not a individual person. You're actually, when we say I, we, oh, well, I might intern, I might accidentally say I, but I turn mean both Catherine and I, you know.
0: And it took yeah. a long time to educate people because they'd be like, oh, I'll just chat to Christy when she's in next week. Well, no, we're the one role we're in this together. And it took, it took years, but once everyone knew how we operated and how well we operated then there was never a, I'll talk to Catherine, I'll talk to Chrissy. Whoever was working that day, yeah, we could um, both, you know, easily answer the questions.
2: And, and that was the one thing that was amazing to me is that whether you're around or Christy's around, whoever I spoke to at that point in time, I didn't need to speak to the other person again. Mm. Everything was conveyed exactly the way it needed. It was like just one person consistently getting something done.
0: An
1: automated, well-oiled machine.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Oh, no, it's good. We love talking about this, as you can tell. <laughs> of So, why do you believe our job sharing arrangement was so successful? Like, if you had to say two or three things, what would those number one? What would those things be?
2: Listen, I think it's a function of the systems and processes you guys put in place, um, and the relationship you guys have. So, I mean, think about it. Just, uh, let me let me just name them. Um, the critical handover day, the middle of the week, um, that was, for me, I think the most important thing in terms of you guys getting aligned. Uh, your time management, prioritization, the aligned work ethic, um, That's that's key. So if you have people that have misaligned work ethic, it's going to be difficult for them to motivate each other and have accountability to each other. Um, Align Passions. I mean, you guys are passionate about anything you do. So anything you pick up that needs to get done, you're just passionate about it to start off. Um, then the different specializations and the different backgrounds. I mean, you come from different backgrounds mm-hmm. that, that you worked. So you kind of add, you enrich any situation because you've got different points of view, different perspectives, and uh, you still want to get to to that outcome. Um, the, the productivity, I mean, that was unbelievable. You know, um, you guys know about the uh, textbook productivity bot curve, right? There was no bot curve with you guys. There was no dip. It was like your daily productivity was off the charts. And because there were two of you during the week, the week didn't have a productivity curve because it was all just like flatlined. So the productivity was unreal. And, and I'm still blown away by that because I, I did a white paper on productivity back in the asset. Um, the consistency. So um, we were talking earlier about, you know, I'd speak to one person, and then there's no need to, to follow up and have the same conversation again. Um, also, in terms of output, in terms of having things done, there was always a consistency. The, the level of the relationship, the professionalism with which you deal with everything, it's consistent between the two of you. So it's not like, oh, I have to have a certain type of conversation with one and a certain type of conversation with the other. It just wasn't there. Um, and, and then, you know, I mean, coming back to it, the relationship that you guys have at work and outside work um, I think the respect for each other, the care for each other, that kind of makes that, you know, accountability to each other. So, yeah, if I could summarise it, it's, it's kind of all of those things.
0: Yeah, you've spoken, um, you've pretty much nailed, nailed it on the head there with the benefits that, I guess, JobShare can bring to an organisation around, you know, our skill set diversity. We do come from different backgrounds, but combined as together then the output of our skills is you know far more than an individual and then um the productivity that we can provide to an organization can you think of any other um benefits that we can provide to an organization as a job share?
2: well listen i have a top three and they're kind of the same things i mean the one is the productivity is through the roof right i've never in my entire career experienced productivity the way i've experienced it with you guys that's it's awesome. just unreal. Like I said, you kind of break the textbook norm in terms of what productivity should look like. Realistically speaking, from a human being perspective, it should not be that high. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, we're not normal. <laughs> we already no, knew that though, hey Catherine?
2: <laughs> exactly, you you must have known this. And and it comes down to that point, you know, your, your daily productivity is so high because you have your prioritization right, you've got your time management right, and you've got an accountability to hand over in the middle of the week. And then the next person comes in and everything is high. So it's just like all, all high um, and it's ridiculous. But that's the way you expect people to be working in a professional environment. Um, the second thing is getting, I mean, we just spoke about getting two for one, right? Two yeah. sets of experiences, uh, two sets of specialization, two points of view. So the creative aspect of what you do, the transactional nature of the stuff you do, the administration, it all just happens so quickly. Because, you know, you've got a short period of time in the week, you want to get certain things done, and you get it done. I think if you, if you, if you put all of this together from an organizational perspective, it's a return on investment. So mm-hmm. it's not just your productivity and the enrichment you provide to the role, but the amount of time you guys are giving me back. So I didn't have to worry about anything. I'd just be like, let's have this conversation, and I don't have to touch it again. That time is better than invested in, in the work I actually have to do as a manager. So what I'm getting paid to do, The company is getting back. And then if I needed to manage other people's motivation in the team, I had the time to do that. So the return on investment from your role to my role to the entire team is massive. So if you do the benefit calculations, it's off the charts. So if an organization really wants to look at, and and this is what we're looking at right now in this this time and age, right? Flexible working, what's the organization going to get back? it's pretty simple you know to to work it out i think that return on investment you can break it down to all so, uh, so many different things
0: i'm not uh, i've actually not thought about it from a manager's perspective yeah, I... I roi i've always thought okay you've got a job share pair the retention or if some if one of those um, uh, individuals is on leave you have still got the other one for half of the week and i've always thought oh yeah that that works well for roi but from a manager's perspective i've actually not thought of it because I've not been in those shoes Um,
1: but yeah we'll add it to the list. Yeah I was going to say that's that you I I was actually just about to say the exact same point I'd never thought about it from a manager's level. I guess too it was probably and I remember the conversation with you Sachin about halfway through when you were managing us and I feel like you had a light bulb moment where you went ping I need to get my hands out of the detail because they've got the detail covered mm. and that is exactly then where you were able to bring yourself up and do that manager level work that you actually said that was what you needed to focus on so I think yeah. that, that, that's probably a really good point to highlight um is is that actual yeah manager ROI
2: you know at, at the same time I believe that whatever work you were, you guys were doing were not challenging you enough because you're both high performers there was just not enough to challenge you you know, you'd get stuff done. There was a lot of uh, stuff to get done, but there wasn't anything challenging enough. So it was it was good to be able to say, okay, you guys manage this piece end to end. You know, so it it uh, maybe not challenging, it might have bored you a little bit at some point in time. But yeah, I mean, you know what it allowed me to do then was go and sort out a lot of other stuff that was just kind of tail diving. Hmm. Yeah,
1: that's good, good that's right. Some, you gave us some additional thoughts as well. And that probably leads into like, what are your top, having not managed a specific job share prior to us, and now having managed us, what would your top three tips be for a manager going into a manager job share position?
2: Yeah, um, I think this one's pretty easy. Uh, To start with, um, I would say, you know, allow autonomy and identify the motivators of the individuals. Because what you need to do, a successful job share, in my mind, comes from the commitment of the individuals to each other. It's, it's not the commitment to the organization or the role or to their salary or their bonus or anything else. Um, if you can identify the motivators of the individuals in the job share role and you identify that the, 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 the commitment is more to each other, it'll be successful. It'll be successful. If it's not, it's not difficult for you to get to that point. Because people, motivators, and psychology, it's a very simple thing for leaders. It's about understanding the motivators and getting them together so people have an accountability to each other. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you need a magic recipe. Um, you need to know the processes, the tips, and the tricks. And I believe those design screens have, have kind of pulled this together uh, from your experience. Um, so if, if somebody really wants to, they tap into you guys and say, "Hey, listen." What processes do we put in place? What do we need to do? You know, And you guys can tell them, hey, this is how you do handover. This is how you do time management. These are all the little details. Um, the, the, the last thing I think is um, start from a position of trust. You know, We generally, as managers, and, and I say managers, not leaders, as managers, we start from a position of what's the biggest unknown and how do I control it? So um, I would say starting from a position of trust and allowing a job share team to actually show you what they're capable of um, is where you you must start from there. And if you look at the environment globally now, you know, everything's going to remote work, flexible work and job share, I'm sure will come into this and it will start featuring more and more. Um, So you've got to start from, you know, let's see what the two individuals in a job share or three or four or however many individuals are sharing a role let's see what their idea is first because I've learned that it could be a lot better than what you have planned in your head.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, uh,
0: I I was going to say the the million dollar question would you recommend job sharing to other organizations?
2: Almost definitely most you know uh, the experience with you guys has has changed my mindset on a ton of stuff like I said I literally wrote a white paper on productivity for the first team as a superintendent that I was working on and I know what the textbook is for that you guys kind of smashed that and 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 that didn't make sense to me <laughs> so I would definitely recommend it I think the return on investment for an organization is unreal hmm. um done in the right way because there are wrong ways to do job share um, so there right are ways right. to to, to, to you know to get people um, in a job share and then crush their hopes and dreams in a way that will you know it'll just eliminate all the benefits. Uh, in fact, you know I've, I've got a ton of business ideas that I'm I'm starting up, and I'm going to come back to you guys and say right okay listen, this is what I'm doing. How do I implement job share? I I, I literally feel that it it really changes the dynamic. You know, um, um, how
0: I I completely agree and. And I think the awareness of job share is just not out there. But we keep encouraging people, Google job share, and you'll see extremely um, high executive women or there's also men in job share roles across yeah. the globe. And I think Australia is just behind the times. We know that yeah. I,
2: I, I, I believe that, that the contemporary issues we're dealing with at the moment are mental health. What people don't realize is that mental health is linked to the way we live our lives, our full lives. Job share is that one tool in in an organization that allows you to improve mental health because people have more time to themselves and to their families. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look at family units and early childhood development that want their parent or their caregiver or their guardian to spend more time with them. This allows it, you know, more time for exercise, more time for relaxation um More time to do the shopping, right? Uh, do the banking, get all those little things that you kind of pigeonhole into a weekend out of the way. And then you focus that short period of time at a high level. It doesn't drain your energy as much.
1: Mm. I was going
0: to say, that's you. You go, Kath. Oh, I was just um, an example. There's this job share couple in London. And I can't off the top of my head, I think of the, the name of the organisation, but they're, they're CEOs and they both work, I think, eight, seven day fortnights, both of them. But because of the workload for a CEO of any organisation, it's quite high, but um, they're able to get their work done efficiently, but also that stress. That's taken away, so they don't have all of the added stress. They're not working all the weekends. Um, It's interesting to see it in that way, and then they've got that diversity skill set to run a a large company. I think it's great. I I
2: think, and I I think that's that's critical, and that's what organisations should be looking at now. Absolutely, it's not the, the the roles on the ground; it's the higher level roles, because the diversity, the decision making. The, the positive outcomes for an organization at that that higher level, when you have two people with different mindsets making those decisions, um, I, I think the benefits are just off the charts, not mm. just for the people, but for the organization. You know, as oftentimes we look at organizations, whether it's small, medium, or large enterprises, or mani- massive global uh, organizations. We're always questioning the decisions that a CEO makes it's or best, the decision sorry. that a board makes. When you have that amount of experience and enrichment from two people in that role, I can just imagine how quickly that organisation can grow and prosper and be stable.
0: I think it's something that we're going to see, I wouldn't say within the next five years, but in 10 years' time, there's going to be large organisations with, with um, job share CEOs and, yeah, making some great decisions and, and you know, all the employees working for them, aren't questioning the decisions and yeah it's um it's watch this
1: space (laughs) i was going to say even from a financial perspective like you think about it you know you've got you can obviously have less roles but you can have more people so Mm. i think and that now like australia's what did our unemployment rate hit just hit a million so you think about that for particularly for australia if that's where australia's unemployment rate is sitting you can organisation, large organisations can employ more people but still have less roles and they would increase that, obviously, increase their output, you would assume. But Catherine, you made a point earlier about um, how the uptake just in Australia is quite low with job share mm. and from conversations that I've had with people, I think it's a control thing as well. So people don't want to give up this is my role. I'm accountable for it. You can't come in and take my role. I don't want to share it with you. So I think that's a mind shift as well that us in Australia and across the globe, we need to make that mind shift that there's nothing wrong with sharing that accountability and sharing that role with somebody else. Actually, it's of benefit to me personally and to an organization. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's also a big thing. People are like so protective of their own role and their own work that they don't want to start to share it. So but we,
0: often in those circumstances, the, the delivery output is very low when they're exactly. so protective of their work. So, exactly. and I think, you know, now's the time to be thriving and and start to learn to be more flexible because yeah, we can't hold on to things anymore. <laughs> COVID's I, I taken over. The,
2: I think the opportunities in, in the in the market Are ripe right now for people to look at new ways of working. You know, a a large number of organizations uh, are still tiptoeing into uh, remote working. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've looked at a lot of the local organizations uh, in uh, the APAC region put in place uh, protocols, processes, and procedures that, in my opinion, are a bit frightening in terms of how they're trying to control um, remote working and making sure people are actually working during the day. So, the mindset shift, I think, is, is is pretty clear. And I think from a, if you look at the Australian government looking to employ more Australians locally, this is something they need to look at. I mean, you spoke about the numbers. You can employ more people even with less roles. And that's just the numbers. But I think once people start to see the benefits of what this does for an organization, no matter the size, they'll start to then look at, okay, how do we do it? When can we do it?
1: Mm.
2: And that's going to happen very quickly.
1: Yeah, I agree. For sure. So lucky last question before we wrap this up. This one is a goodie. I love it. Of course, I came up with it. How much did you love working with Catherine and I?
2: (laughs) (laughs) um what's the number it's okay, you don't have to, you, it's, a, it's okay you don't have to answer it i just
1: wanted to throw that in there is a doozy no no up. listen
2: um i would seriously like to to answer that because um i i found that the the working relationship with you guys is something that i think every leader would would dream of in terms of having ideal relationship with with a, with a bunch of people just working and it's not just the relationship but it's about how you guys changed my mind on a lot of things that I thought were set in stone. Um, I really, really, and I I don't think you guys know how much I miss working with you guys. It's, it's like, if you want to get something done, it just gets done, you know, and that's ridiculous. But at the same time, it's so much fun and it's so, there's so much of energy and excitement and passion in terms of just working together. So I think beside, beside the job share perspective, it's just your personalities and the work ethic and, and the way that you guys work. I, I really miss that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to experience that again, but uh, we will try and implement uh, the learnings from what you guys have got together and, and see if it works. Because I, I literally think that this is something that, uh, that can be um, um, rolled out at scale, different organizations. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Look, well, I'm sure we can come up with a um, a weekly podcast that a lot of our followers would love us to chat about all things are fun. Um, so we'll find something to work with.
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, listen, there's people, organisations can learn so much from what you guys uh, have have, mm. have learned in the last couple of years. Um, and I just I just wish that everybody would would actually just dial in and and, and pick up off. Hey these folks know what they're talking about they've done it they've been so successful in it it's It's
0: crazy we're actually so bloody passionate about it i mean it's job share like it sounds boring but we're like this is
1: the revolution like this is we actually call it the job share revolution
2: and and that's what it is we're crazy um, if, if i think about about human resources Uh, Globally at the moment, you know, everything's being automated. Uh, We're trying to automate HR processes. We're trying to to add some robotics into the processes. If HR organizations and organizations, HR functions took into account, um, you know, getting this in place for their organization before they just allow, um, you know, people to just come up with a way of doing it. It's unreal what they can achieve. And I think you guys are in a position to be able to articulate it. You, know? you, should, you should package this as a product and just sell it online. It's like, so here's is, your, your so one, two, three step.
1: And this is a 100% why we are doing what we are doing. Number one, we love working together. Number two, we are super passionate about job share. And number three, we work for a big global mining organisation, BHP, that had no job share processes from a HR perspective in place. So we were like, if such a large organisation doesn't have those processes, those processes need to be written. So, yeah, that's why I guess... We had a light bulb moment and we were like, we gotta this is we got some awesome stuff to share.
0: And on that note, we have developed a online training course which is actually available now. That you can purchase. Brilliant. It's yeah, so it's called Escape the Five Day Work Week.
2: Oh yes, I have seen that.
0: So yeah, we have done that. We've done it from a individual's perspective. So if you're wanting to you know, reduce your days, but we've also um, done a larger scale one for organisations to try and implement um, job share within their organisation and just given them the tools, the templates from a manager's perspective, from an individual's perspective um, on how to job share. So um, we've just been quite successful with um, some of the larger organisations within Australia. So. Yeah, it's quite
2: exciting. That's brilliant. So, so how, do, how do, like, just average folks organisations kind of get a hold of that stuff? Do they, they have to reach you guys, get it on LinkedIn? Uh,
0: look, it's on our website. Um, they can Yay. contact us. But we've, yeah, just need to ramp up our um, marketing. Yes,
1: yeah, So brilliant. the individual That's course is 100% brilliant. available through our website, bizdesignqueens.com.au. Jump on there. And then, yeah, for later, like, comment, yeah. Like, share, get it across your socials yes. um but yeah, for larger organizations, that's definitely a tailored process that um, yeah. yeah we we would love to have a lot of discussion about and it's that, yeah that's, that's it's education, point. it's awareness,
0: it's doing these podcasts it's yeah it's jumping on the on the webinars and promoting it
2: i'm I'm pretty excited about the stuff you guys are doing as um i I'm looking at going into management consulting uh for large medium, small enterprises. And I would be keen to look at how we could implement this kind of thing in large organizations when, when, I, when I get that uh, off the ground. I'm going to take a bit of a break now uh, and go work on cars. Well-deserved, uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking that the, these are the, uh, the step changes that organizations will need. And it's good for me to know and have these resources available to me.
1: 100% hook us up. I mean, we'll hook you up. awesome fantastic thank you so much Sachin, for a fantastic chat um we know our listeners are absolutely gonna love this one it's gonna go through the roof so um yeah once again thank you so much and it was an absolute pleasure working for you at bhp and the friendship i think that we've formed is um will be a long lasting one and let's hope we have you on our next podcast soon
2: oh yeah that'd be cool listen thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it um it's so great to connect with you guys again and more so as we will do um in the next couple of months years um thanks for saving my life (laughs) not so long ago
1: oh yes Um, i did do that didn't i
2: oh so I figured that at that point in time, um, I probably had the first uh, round of COVID, um, because it was a viral infection that they couldn't they couldn't figure out.
1: I hadn't Crazy. thought about that actually. Yeah. So it yeah, all started so... in Singapore from this uh, Indian South African. Yes, yeah. looking... No wait, slow down.
2: A, slow down. With a strange I, it,
1: accent. It... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we're immune to it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, maybe you guys picked it up from me and got me no, into
0: it. Look when you look back at it, <laughs> ticks all big. the boxes.
1: Mm, for sure. All right. Yeah, all it's
2: right. a bit crazy.
1: All right. Thank you well, so much. Thanks for your time today.
2: All right. Have it's it's been awesome. Thank you, guys.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.